Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Magazine. Broadcasting today from Agreco Studios. Agreco, powering the Permian. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. And welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto being joined by my co-host, David Blackman. David, welcome to this week's show. Hey, it's another beautiful day in there. It sure is, and I am so glad to have my buddy back, and I'm glad to hear that you're doing better. So welcome back to the show, and, you know, a warm, good health to you. We've got some breaking news that's pretty, you know, startling and astounding, if you will. ConocoPhillips is in an acquisition talk with Concho Resources. Now, Concho is one of the largest independent producers in the Permian Basin. You know, we keep hearing about mergers and acquisition. We've had a few, uh, we've had a couple of companies come on, like Deloitte, discussing that we'll see a lot of this. Is the mergers and acquisition starting to heat up when we hear this kind of announcement? I mean, this is a biggie. Yeah, it is. This is uh, yeah. I mean, it turns out Deloitte was absolutely right. Um, this is the third major merger deal uh, since July. Uh, we you know we had uh, Chevron uh, buying out Noble Energy in in July, and then uh, just a few weeks ago, Devon Energy and WPX, two big producers mm-hmm. in the Permian and elsewhere, announced their merger, creating this huge uh, super independent company, and now. ConocoPhillips, which is the largest in, independent producer in America, uh, if, if this deal goes through with Concho, it's just going to be enormous. Um, you know, and so, yeah, it's, it's all heating up, and um, there's a lot of good reasons, I think, why this, this would be a, a solid uh, deal for both of these companies to make. They, um, you know, uh, when, when you're <clears throat> looking at doing an acquisition, like this of a, of a big company you look for a company that has acreage positions that are right next to your own right mm-hmm. so that you can do these economies of scale in your operations just by you know rolling your operations into this contiguous acreage and so it's it's a really well situated deal uh for this for this one to happen so uh really interesting you know and just uh just uh, all this consolidation that... Uh, it's clearing you know, uh, the field. Yeah, it's all happening. Yeah. yeah, it's clearing the field. Well, you know, let's talk about rig count because uh, we see it etching up in the past couple of weeks. And uh, my question yeah. is, so $40 a barrel seems to be the price. Is that like the new norm, do you think? Will Basically. this continue on for a while? And can, and can operators make money at $40 a barrel? Well, apparently some of them think they can. <laughs> I mean, they're they <laughs> they're still permits, rig. yes. Yeah. You know, the Inveris rig count had gotten all the way down to about 60, uh, mm. 260, excuse me, nation, nationwide. And it's up over 320 now. So that's a 20% increase since the 1st of September. And that just tells you that, you know, we've had this, like you said, a very stable price for crude oil, right around $40 a barrel really for six to eight weeks now, two to three months, really, even longer than that. And and that stability, you know, it's one of the things companies really need is some stability so that they can properly plan their business and, right. 
you know, build out their processes, modify processes to save money, and then understand what their cash flow is going to be. And so, yeah, and I, I think we'll see the recount continue to inch upwards uh, between now and the end of the year. And, you know, maybe maybe the embarrassed count will get, get up closer to 400 before 2020 is over. Oh, man, that would be awesome. Let's change gears a little bit and talk about natural gas and the price. It seems to have almost doubled since early September. What's causing that? Is it all of yeah. this disruption in, like, the environment with the hurricanes and things? What's causing the, the, the uptick? You know, that's actually had some impact. We had three storms go through the Gulf of Mexico in a month. Right. And that's, you know, shut in a lot of production, prevented a lot of get natural gas from getting the market for, for days at a time. And, um, you know, and, and so what's happened is uh, during the summer months and, and even through September, Typically, the, the industry injects a lot of natural gas into storage, uh, underground storage salt domes uh, around the country to save gas for the winter heating season. Mm-hmm. And we haven't had nearly as much injected this year as we have in past years. And so our storage levels are, are substantially below the five-year average. Uh, and that, that puts upward pressure on natural gas. And now... It also is beginning to appear, and we're having forecasts, that it looks like we're finally going to have something of a cold winter this year, which uh, we haven't for a few years. And, that you know, that means probably we're going to use more natural gas than we normally do in the winter months. And so that is causing upwards pressure on the price uh, and because traders are concerned. You know, they want to lock in their gas supplies uh, in case it gets scarce in late December through February. So it's um, it's weather-related. It's, it's related to those outages. It's related to mm-hmm. just the fact that we've had a decrease in natural gas production nationally uh, during this bust, you know, mm-hmm. because all mm-hmm. these oil wells also produce a lot of the gas. Right. So it's been offline, and it's also been the weather. Yeah. Now, we it wouldn't be fair if we didn't close out the show with we are in an election cycle, early voting has started, and we have the Green New Deal. Potential voters, just, is it a good thing, a bad thing? And if it's not a good thing, tell us, tell me why. Oh, goodness, it's such a terrible <laughs> thing. It's such, so what is that number? Is it, it's like... 90 trillion. 90 trillion. What's the normal yearly spend of uh, of our country as a total? Oh, federal budget? Yes. Well, our whole economy, our entire economy is about a $20 trillion economy. The federal government's budget is typically between 4 and a half to $5 trillion a year. And they're talking about spending $90, 90 trillion, trillion. Yeah. I was doing some research. It was showing that every single family was going to have to spend $65,000 a year to pay for this right. Green New yeah. Deal. It's just completely unsustainable. It it's, it's talks about... It's not even obtainable. Like, it's just unobtainable. Right. <laughs> yeah. You're going to eliminate air travel and build railroads all over the country. That We can't build a railroad in 10 years to carry people from downtown Austin to the airport Mm. in Austin for crying out loud. We're not going to have any airplanes anymore. They're not going to be flying anymore. It's insane. The whole thing is insane. 
We all want clean air. And they're going to go after the cows, water. too. They, they want to do away with uh, yeah. methane uh, gas. And... <laughs> what did the cows do to you guys? <laughs> anyway, let, let's get back to seriously, though. This is a, a huge problem when we look at the Green New Deal. I'm all for, and we all should be environmentalists, we should... You know, try to watch our air quality, make sure our oceans are clean and try to maintain them and not pollute them. I think we're all for that. But isn't this just a little absurd that they're trying to push something that's unproven, if you will? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, none of it deals in the real world. My, my, my How did we get here if it doesn't deal in the real world? Right. Well, because it's all based on political ideology and, and radicalism. And appealing to these nut jobs that hang out on Twitter all day and attack people verbally <laughs> on Twitter. And, you know, it, that's what the whole thing is. And, and of course, your, your sponsor of it is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who is one of those people, right? And who's, by the way, in the Senate, who's one of the co-sponsors? Does everyone know Kamala Harris is one of the co-sponsors mm-hmm. of this atrocity in the Senate? Okay. The vice presidential candidate. Wow. So it's. It's just, you know, we need to, yes, we need to move to, to, to clean energy. We've mm-hmm. got to do that within the restrictions that are, that are around us in the real world. But, and, but not this, because this would cost right. every single household $65,000 a year. You know, what's astonishing is that a lot of people that I know don't even make $65,000 a year. So what happens to them? to fund this Green New Deal. So there's a lot to think about. I hope when the voters go to the polls, look, energy is important. I'm not telling you, you know, we shouldn't be telling anyone who to vote for. Just know your candidates and know what they stand for and know how it's going to impact you. And I like to think that energy is the golden goose for us all. And you certainly do not want to drop the golden goose's eggs. So be careful who you vote for because elections do have consequences. Well, David, before we bring on Michael Mayers with Agreco, tell us quickly about who is on the latest issue of Shell Magazine. Well, yeah, it's another really fine issue of the magazine. Uh, the cover is Jason Modlin, the new president and CEO of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, uh, which is one of the two largest uh, trade associations here in Texas for the oil and gas industry. The alliance represents you know, mainly small to mid-sized independent producers. And Jason comes into this job mid-year, right in the middle of the biggest bust since the early 1980s in the oil business. So he's had a a really uh, interesting ride so far. And I, I, I really uh, like the story that uh, that we have with him. And it, you know, talks about his early career. He's had tremendous background in in government, particularly here in Texas. You know, a lot of experience with the industry, working issues crucial to the industry. And uh, so it, it's a really fine story. And then, you know, we have a lot of other, you know, oil and gas related content and election related content. And, and your uh, shell plays that give us the latest update on right. all the things that are happening in the different shell plays in North America. You know, Jason uh, Modulin is just a sharp young man. I'm so happy that we have a partnership in place where they come once a month and, and talk to our listeners on call-ins and, and uh, kind of debunk or answer questions that they may have, but debunk uh, energy questions that are circulating out there that are not necessarily true. 
And uh, yeah. so it was good that you were able to catch up with the Alliance, a very old but reputable and um, uh, outstanding organization, and now their new president, Jason Modlin. So I am looking forward to getting my hands on that issue and reading all about it. We are going to take a quick break, David. When we return, we will be joined by Michael Mayers, who is the business development manager with Agreco. Agreco is powering the energy sector, and you're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Hi, folks. Alvin Bailey here. Did you know Agreco is proud to sponsor In the Oil Patch Radio Show? Agreco has served Texas oil fields for over 10 years supporting producers with temporary power to get their product to market. When utility power is not available, Agreco is your reliable alternative. They service everything from pump jacks with a single 200-kilowatt unit to massive gas processing facilities requiring 50 megawatts or more. Agreco is your dedicated engineering partner for diesel and natural gas generators as well as battery power solutions. Call Agreco today at 1-800-AGRECO. That's one 800 A-G-G-R-E-K-O. And welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto, and today we have a great show lined up for you. We're going to be joined by Michael Mayer, who is the Business Development Manager for Greco. Michael, welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Thank you, Kim. Glad to be here. You know, we've had a great partnership with Agreco for quite a few years, and I'm excited because I'm meeting you for the first time. We typically meet the same crew and talk about kind of the same stuff, what Agreco is doing in the Permian Basin, what they're doing in Eagle Ford, and of course, Agreco is just this massive global company. So I want to start there. For our listeners, tell us a little bit about what area you're focusing on as the business development manager, and then a little bit about the whole entire company of Agreco. Sure. Well, let me start with Agreco. Agreco is a company that's based in Scotland. We are publicly traded on the London Stock Exchange, and our North American corporate headquarters is in Houston. And I am involved specifically, what we refer to as sectors, I'm involved in the oil and gas sector in the continental U.S., basically all of Texas, Oklahoma, Colorado, um, North Dakota, those areas. I do not go as far west as uh, California, but uh, basically as a, as a BDM, business development manager, I'm pretty much involved with most of the oil and gas sector here uh, in North America. And would you say it's a fair statement to say that most of what you all are working on, since it's in oil and gas, this section is going to be focusing on the Texas region since there's two pretty decent-sized shale plays going on, the Permian Basin area that everybody's familiar with, and Eagle Ford. Um, and so is that kind of where y'all's focus has been for the last couple of years in the oil and gas sector? It has been, but it's also expanded that. Um, we're also in the Delaware, which is the New Mexico area, right mm-hmm. across the board from Texas. That's very, very busy, as you're probably aware. Uh, and they've got severe issues with uh, power, both in the uh, quality of power and quantity of power. So we've been quite busy there as well. And then, of course, uh, a number of other states, as I mentioned, uh, uh, Colorado, Oklahoma, and even up into Canada. And, Mike, what is the situation with, I think a lot of people have seen a Greco when they go to their football games or their stadiums or events, because, of course, a Greco is in power generation in other sectors, too. So 
The biggest problem that oil and gas faces is the lack of infrastructure. Talk to me a little bit about some of the things that you guys help energy companies and service companies get uh, the job done. What's yeah, the problem? Yeah, there's a, you mentioned infrastructure. Literally, um, you know, a lot of a lot of times an operator will drill a well, put it on, uh, get it completed, ready to start up, and they realize there's no place to plug in their ESP, the electrical submersible pump, or put pump jacks on, et cetera. So power becomes an issue. And even if the utility is literally right down the street, you can see it. It doesn't mean the utility can bring power to your pad, or for that matter, the utility will be there in, in the near future. We've seen times where utility has to run, you know, a mere mile or two, and it can take a year and a half to two years to get that utility to a pad. So for us, what we have done then is is work with the operators to to provide them the quality and the quantity of power that they need to operate their pads. Uh, And and just as important to that is, quite frankly, to make sure that they've got the redundancy so that those pads don't go down. They need a 100% uptime to uh, guarantee their revenue and the fact that they've maximized their production. And a lot of it is also geared around, there's a lot of power that's needed at one specific moment to, to get this operation up and off the ground, too. So it's kind of like a power surge, if you will, correct, that they also face, why it's not that easy to get connected so quickly, their infrastructure. Absolutely. So that, yeah, you're talking about literally the quantity of power. Yeah, there's, you talk about multi-megawatts of power that some of these pads, you know, some of these pads have anywhere from 8, 10, or, or 40 wells on a pad, and you've got large pumps or large uh, pump jacks that need to be powered on those things. So the quantity of power runs, you know, 10 or 20 megawatts of power. That's a lot of power. And that's not like you just throw out one or two generators and you're good to go. I mean, you've got to literally build up, you know, a, a, quite, a, quite a large microgrid to be able to power all of that and be able to handle the, the inrush of power that those things require when they start those up. Right. You know, I don't think that we really realize how difficult it is when you're in rural and in rural area and you're trying to power up and you're waiting for the AEP of Texas or whatever the utility provider is to, to try to get these power lines up fast enough. And, uh, and that's where you guys come in. Another thing we've done a couple of shows on in the past is, you know, some of the, the product lines that you have. When we come back from break, I want to get into that. But the product lines, some of them are really very environmentally friendly in the way of they're looking at some generators, of course, use diesel, and then some are running off of uh, natural gas, which is a far cleaner burning fuel. So I like to see that Agreco is thinking about the environment as well and how it impacts at that level. So when we get back, I do want to get into a little bit more of the products and services that uh, Agreco has been doing for the oil and gas company, but we do have to take a quick break. You're listening to and the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Tracy Bentley, the President and CEO of the Permian Strategic Partnership. Improvements to road safety and infrastructure across the Permian Basin have been a priority for the Permian Strategic Partnership since our inception. Over the last several years, new pressures and increased traffic have resulted in crowded, damaged, and dangerous roadways. To fully realize the unprecedented opportunity for energy production and economic development in the Permian Basin, we must focus on building and sustaining a reliable transit infrastructure. The PSP and our Road Safety Committee are working to identify solutions for priority transportation routes and increased access to financial support for locally driven projects that enhance safety and accessibility for all residents and workers in the Permian Basin. 
The PSP recently committed $80,000 in grant writing support that helped secure $12.5 million in federal funding to increase capacity along 22 miles of US-285 spanning from the Texas line to Loving, New Mexico. Construction on this project is set to begin this summer. Its completion will mean safer travel for the oil and gas industry and regional commuters alike. For more information, go to permianpartnership.org. PermianPartnership.org. Plan your next meeting or event at Victoria College's Emerging Technology Complex, home to the State of the Art Conference and Education Center, conveniently located between Houston and Corpus Christi. The center hosts meetings, educational workshops, and banquets for up to 300 people with the latest in technology amenities and ample parking. Let their professional meeting planners make your next event a success. For more information, go to conferenceinvictoria.com. Once again, that's conferenceinvictoria.com. Hi, folks. Alvin Bailey here. Did you know Agreco is proud to sponsor In the Oil Patch Radio Show? Agreco has served Texas oil fields for over 10 years, supporting producers with temporary power to get their product to market. When utility power is not available, Agreco is your reliable alternative. They service everything from pump jacks with a single 200-kilowatt unit to massive gas processing facilities requiring 50 megawatts or more. Agreco is your dedicated engineering partner for diesel and natural gas generators, as well as battery power solutions. Call Agreco today at 1-800-AGRECO. That's 1-800-A-G-G-R-E-K-O. we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Michael Mayer, who is the Business Development Manager for Agreco. Michael, before the break, you and I were kind of just discussing how difficult it is for an operator to get powered up if they are in a rural place, which is typically where most of the drilling in any shell play is happening, and they need access to power, and it can take anywhere from a year, year and a half to actually get power sourced out there, and this is where Agreco comes in. But as the world's largest temporary power generation company, talk to me about the array of products that you guys are offering. Because we've done quite a few shows, there's a lot you guys have to offer the oil and gas to help, you know, get powered up and get drilling. Basically, uh, Agreco is a specialty rental company, and we really provide three basic things. Um, Most people are familiar with Agreco with our power. Uh, our generators, diesel, and as you mentioned, natural gas generators, transformers, electrical distribution, load bank, et cetera. Another thing that we do, and we've done quite a bit in the uh, Permian, is uh, process cooling and heating, specifically large air conditioners, chillers, cooling towers, heat exchangers, that kind of thing, direct, indirect heaters, hydronic heaters and boilers, and dehumidification with desiccant or refrigerated dehumidifier rentals. The third thing we do is oil-free air which is compressors, dryers, after-cooler rentals, that kind of thing. And that's where it's critical that there be no air or no contaminants, excuse me, no oil or no contaminants in that air. And that's why those particular compressors are so important. So those are really the the three product lines, if you will, that we have. As I mentioned, we're a specialty rental company in that um, some of the cooling we've done has been some of the flowback water in the Permian. After a well has been completed and there's a flowing back, the, the frack water comes back, it comes back too hot to be put into a poly line to be shipped off. So that requires then that the operator 
loads trucks and pays for trucking, all that water to, to the saltwater disposal well. And that becomes very expensive and increases LOE. And LOE is, as you know, is a four letter word in the oil packs. It's how do you reduce that as much as possible? Mm-hmm. So that, that we have put on uh, heat exchangers to cool that flow back water so that it becomes then low enough temperature to be put in a poly pipe and can be piped away at significant savings for the operators. So those are some of the different things that we do other than just providing a generator for power. And you know, right now, the name of the game is efficiency and in the way of saving money because there is just so little meat on the bone for many operators and service companies have really been beat up pretty hard with there is no meat left on the bone for them or things. So, you know, finding the efficiencies, finding companies that can help, to me, this is the difference between somebody having to merge or be acquired in some form of an acquisition versus staying whole and staying solid. We're getting ready for break. When we come back, I want to talk specifically, we had a a moment ago talking about the natural gas generators. And you know, the other part of the equation in oil and gas is for, for the oil and gas sector, it's about efficiency. But for the consumer, for the general public, which is typically who's listening to our show, they're really concerned about the environment and, you know, are we contributing to things in climate change or, or are we doing our fair share of trying to watch and minimize those impacts? One of the things that we know that will be on the Texas legislator's mind this session is air quality and the flaring, if you will, because it has come to everyone's attention. There's still a, a lot of flaring that might not necessarily be needed but because it's cheaper to do that. And so uh, we'll be talking about that. So I wanted to talk about that very specific product when we come back from break that you guys are doing. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to in the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Are you a business owner feeling overwhelmed where to begin your business's online presence? Maybe you've spent thousands of dollars in the past just to be highly disappointed with the results. We understand because we were once you. Since then, we decided to hire the very best experts to help us and you. Let us send you our business profile that will quickly show you your Google business rankings in these five areas. Reputation, ratings online, website, advertising and social media, and search engine optimization. All of these areas really affect how Google ranks your entire listing. So if ranking on page one is your goal, pick up the phone and call us now, 210-240-7188, or simply go to shalemag.com slash business profile. We'll be in contact with you within 24 hours. Once again, pick up the phone and call us now, 210-240-7188, or simply go to shalemag.com. That's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com slash business profile. Start dealing with a company you can trust and always find. Remember this name, oil field experts, to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oil field equipment needs. Oilfield Expert specialty is those hard-to-find oilfield parts for your fleet maintenance needs, and we've been providing those parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us for the right part right now. Write down this number, Oilfield Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923, and visit us on the web at theoilfieldexperts.com.
And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. My guest today is Mike Mayer, who is the Business Development Manager for Greco. Mike, before the break, we were discussing the environment and efficiencies for the oil and gas industry. Most people really don't realize the difficult situation that many, many operators are in with. They need to find and squeeze every penny out to just survive. First of all, oil prices bottomed out. Then we had COVID hit, so everything stopped. The demand for oil and gas stopped because no one was traveling or going anywhere. And now we're starting to come out of it. And operators who, you know, had lean books, if you will, and had, you know, really watched their bottom dollar did well, but other uh, operators that didn't are not going to fare so well. So efficiencies are vital right now at this moment for every single operator, but also to stay in line with the community and air quality and making sure that they're doing their part to make sure they're not contributing to any air emissions, right? So you, I understand you guys have recently developed a natural gas generator. That sounds exciting because it's natural gas. And tell me a little bit about the practical applications for this kind of equipment. Basically, we want to develop a new larger KW uh, natural gas generator to add to our fleet. So now we have introduced a 400 kW rich burn natural gas generator. Um, basically what that means is it's 25% more power than our, our comparable units. It has better uptime and extended service intervals up to 3,000 hours, which is uh, over four months. What that means to the operator is we don't have to shut this equipment down to service it for a longer duration. So that means their uptime is better and their production is maximized. Um, big thing is fuel flexibility. This unit will run on CNG, which is compressed natural gas, right. LNG, liquid natural gas, LPG, which is propane. Most importantly, it's a rich burn, high BTU or low BTU gas. And the, the gas in the Permian uh, is, in fact, high BTU, anywhere from uh, 1,300 to 1,800 BTUs. And, and that's a big deal for an engine. It's hard to get them to run on that rich fuel. Well, this is designed to run on uh, as a rich burn engine and will run on that BTU gas with no problems. The other key to that is that it's auto-tuning. So in other words, this, this uh, generator will adjust as the composition of the gas changes. And that's typical in these wells. The, the gas one day could be 1,250 BTUs, could be 1,375 the next day. And the generator has the ability to auto-tune as, uh, as the gas changes that compositions. You had also brought up emissions. Emissions is key to everybody these days. Yes. Nobody wants dirty air water. So this is a very low emission uh, generator, and that was part of the development requirement. It has the ability to be paralleled with almost all of the other uh, Agreco existing fleet, which then provides scalability. Mm -hmm. So you, you've talked a little bit about LOE. So this allows us then to add this generator or more to, to a particular pad site or facility as an operator's uh, power demand increases. But just as important, we can take one, two, or three of those away as that demand decreases thereby reducing their LOE and making that a more efficient site. So scalability is huge. Um, they are ideal units, therefore, when, when LOE is, is a big priority, and they allow, therefore, more revenue for our customers, for the operators, uh, for each of their projects. And, and really, this particular piece of equipment is ideal for the oil and gas marketplace. And, you know, we really need to do a much better job of uh, pushing this out. Uh, why is because, you know, as we said earlier, efficiency is vital. But also, you know, operators have really had to grapple, especially if they're, um, if, they, if they have shareholders, they're having to grapple with 
um, the fact that if they don't put into their mission statement how they are going to do their fair share to uh, take the environment into account uh, and really get serious about doing their part to lower their air emissions, uh, they get into trouble pretty quickly. And so all these operators are, are looking at that. And this is a system that, to me, when I look at it, I'm like, one, because it's burning on cleaner fuel resources, one of the cleanest. Two, it's going to give them that efficiency that they need. That's the difference between keeping your doors open or not, potentially. And then, you know, lastly, what you're saying is it's really helping the environment, which really helps the operator, you know, be able to tell the public, look, we're doing our fair share with investing in companies that are also looking at how important and crucial the environment is and also maximizing our efficiency, reporting back to their shareholders. So for me, it's like a double win for them and the community because we're getting everything put in there all together. Because look, we need these resources no matter what. We're not able to to, uh, break away from oil or gas at this moment. And therefore, these kind of products really matter a lot. And even with the secondary alternative resources that a lot of people like, to use, whether it's solar or wind, those too have air emissions as well, and they too require oil and gas as a product as well. So it's kind of strange. We're getting ready for break. When I come back, uh, I want to talk about flaring because this is something that's occurring, and we know it's going to come up this next session. Our legislators will grapple with that in Texas. Our Texas Railroad Commission has made it very clear that they are going to make it a lot harder for operators to flare, and they expect for a lot less of this here in the very near future. So when we get back, I want to get on that topic and what Agreco is doing in that area. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. The vision of the Women's Energy Network is to be the premier organization that educates, attracts, retains, and develops professional women working across the value chain. Also known as WEN, our mission is to develop programs that provide networking opportunities and foster career and leadership development of women who work in the energy industry. Thousands of women are breaking ground in energy industry careers every year, and 4,000 of them are already members of the Women's Energy Network across our 14 chapters. Members receive exclusive access to mentoring, job boards, group discussions, member-only networking events, expert speaking engagements, and more. Join today by visiting womensenergynetwork.org slash Houston or call 1-855-390-0650. The Women's Energy Network, empowering women in energy. Hey, you. Do you want to join the fastest growing oil and gas network in Texas? Ma'am, I'm all for growing my business. So you've got my attention. What is it? TEAK is the Texas Energy Advocates Coalition. They hold business mixers to help businesses grow and network. Any cost to join? For the next 90 days, it's completely free. No charge to join. But they do want like-minded individuals to attend who are interested in growing their business and networking. Well, I want to join. Where should I go? Go to shalemag.com slash and click on the join link. Enter your information and we'll get you set up. Join the Texas Energy Advocates Coalition at shalemag.com slash teak today. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing. Our digital advertising services include website, email, radio, video, and social media. Shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management. Visit our website 
shalemag.com. Once again, that's shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G.com to learn more. Shale is your one-stop shop for growing your business. Pick up the phone today and call 210-240-7188. Again, 210-240-7188. Farmers and ranchers are the hardest working people on earth and deserve a side-by-side vehicle that works just as hard. That's why Yamaha makes the Viking an all-new Viking 6, the world's first true three-and-six-person UTVs assembled in America. Ranked number one in drivetrain durability, Viking outworks and outclasses the competition in features, comfort, and off-road capability. For more, visit YamahaViking.com. Most dependable claim based on a 2013 Yamaha Source side-by-side owner study. Hi folks, Alvin Bailey here. Did you know Agreco is proud to sponsor In the Oil Patch Radio Show? Agreco has served Texas oil fields for over 10 years, supporting producers with temporary power to get their product to market. When utility power is not available, Agreco is your reliable alternative. They service everything from pump jacks with a single 200 kilowatt unit to massive gas processing facilities requiring 50 megawatts or more. Agreco is your dedicated engineering partner for diesel and natural gas generators as well as battery power solutions. Call Agreco today at 1-800-AGRECO. That's 1-800-A-G-G-R-E-K-O. We're back. You're listening to In the Wolf Patch Radio Show. My guest today is Mike Mares, who is the business development manager for Agreco, the company that's powering the Permian. Mike, I want to switch gears and talk a little bit about flaring. It's a huge problem, as I've mentioned earlier in the previous segment. Well, first of all, flaring has been a very large problem prior to COVID-19. And then, of course, now that we see these, the production coming back online, that uh, COVID has is, is, is been, you know, we've lacked some of the policies on COVID and we're back getting back to work. We're going to start seeing the flaring again. And I wanted to ask you, what is a Greco solution? Do, I, I think you guys do offer a solution to operators. And uh, the operators who are listening, you need to be doing your fair share to stop the flaring because it's becoming a real big problem. But what is Agreco doing to, to solve that and help operators? That's a good question, Kim. Basically, all the Agreco natural gas fleet offer true fuel flexibility. What that means is they can operate on pipeline gas, which would then or, or CNG, compressed natural gas, LNG, or field gas, field gas, which if not used becomes flared gas. Um, when Agreco has for years now been offering operators the ability to run our generators on wellhead gas that they produce. They can't produce oil without the gas, unfortunately. You have a gas to oil ratio, you're getting both. And, and while they may only want the oil, gas is a, is a byproduct and the gas pipelines are full, so they don't know what to do with it. So by using gas as a fuel source, they eliminate the cost of fuel for generated power, which is significant savings, and significantly reduce the amount of gas being flared provides a win for the operator in reducing his LOE as far as the fuel for the power and provides a win for the environment in reducing flared gas. We're seeing reductions of flaring anywhere from 20 to 40% on a pad when we use natural gas generators versus a diesel generator. So that's been a, a real help to the operators to get the reduction in gas, a reduction in flaring that the states are all requiring now. Right. It reminds me of a balloon. You know, when you have a balloon and you push on this side, it's going to open up over here and back and forth. The operators are basically dealing with that. We have to be efficient, yet we also have to 
keep an eye on the environment, air quality, flaring. There's a lot that these operators go through in, in walking a tightrope or squeezing the balloon and having it uh, you know, expand on the other side. I mentioned earlier about wind and solar, and I want to be clear. I, I like all low-cost fuels. It doesn't matter. I'm not against solar. I'm not against wind. Uh, I just really believe that natural gas is a wonderful resource, and it's going to burn clean. But let's talk about the renewable energy sector, if you will. You guys are also in the commissioning of the new wind farms and the solar power plants, too. So you guys are not just focusing on oil and gas. You know, as I said earlier, it's a global company, you guys. So tell me a little bit about that area that you guys are also helping expand. Absolutely. We regularly assist in helping commission new wind farms. As part of that commissioning process, prior to being put online, the wind farms have to verify that everything is hooked up, connected, and functioning correctly. We also saturate or electrically charge the transformers to make sure that they prove the ability to function as needed. When all the systems are proved correct and ready to connect to the grid, we start or energize the wind turbine. Believe it or not, the turbine cannot start by themselves. You actually have to get it start turning by providing electricity to right. it to start it turning once it's first commissioned. So to your point, you can't have one without the other. We actually help commission them and get those turbines start turning the first time. And solar, you're doing uh, areas in solar too to help? Absolutely. We're, we are also commissioning solar farms by testing the high voltage cable, all the inverters, the entire solar grid system, including conductors and transformers, prior to putting that online on the grid. That test has to be done for that commissioning process before it can be connected to the electrical grid. So we are doing both. So yes, we are working with both solar and wind uh, renewables all the time. That's a great all-around company. It's amazing to me to think how perception-wise a lot of people really feel that why don't we just get off of oil and gas and specifically you're, you're, you're stating y you still need oil and gas to even get these things going. <laughs> let, let me uh, close out the show with asking you a little <laughs> bit about uh, we are in a political season right now. President Trump has been very supportive to oil and gas and uh, Joe Biden's uh, candidacy has been very critical about that and wants to move more towards the Green New Deal and limiting uh, oil and gas and shutting down fracking potentially offshore and a lot of other things that are going to be very, very expensive. What is your opinion on the Green New Deal and, and your opinion on how well will the Green New Deal should Biden be elected uh, work? Well, I can't speak to Republican or Democrat policies or plans, um, but I can provide some information about uh, what Agreco is doing in its part to be more of an env environmental steward and reducing emissions and reducing carbon footprints. Very good. Um, our, our diesel engines are all moving towards the new Tier 4i and Tier 4f, which is requirements of the EPA. We want to make sure that we follow all of that, and we're actually doing that uh, in advance of the requirements. We've talked a lot about our natural gas generators. They all run on, on natural gas, LNG, CNG, LPG, and all have lower emission profiles than diesel. You know, basically with, with the mounting global pressure to re reduce emissions mm -hmm. and improve air quality, our challenge is, is to bring more renewables uh, in, like wind and solar into the rental energy mix. We just talked about that a little bit. However, those sources can be unreliable and our customers often need quality power fast and in critical situations. Therefore, we started to include battery storage in our equipment offering, technology that smooths out or levels the fluctuating power sources, as well as provides the ability to store energy. 
These can provide one megawatts of power or you can daisy chain them to provide many megawatts. They have between 30 minutes and one hour duration of uninterrupted time. And they integrate renewables, which lowers the customer's fuel cost, basically reducing the customer's carbon footprint. So that's how Agreco has tried to address these things that are coming uh, in a political nature. And good for the company because, in my opinion, being global, uh, most of these old companies are global too. They're just powerhouses. And if they're down or they're not operating, they're losing millions of dollars. And so having a great company that is large enough to be able to supply and also all over the world supply this energy is vital. So I'm sitting here thinking, Agreco is there really any competition? Because you guys are way ahead of the game in making sure that operators really continue to monitor and watch. Yes, you need energy. Yes, Agreco can can give it to them, or you know you could supply it, but it also has to be done in an environmentally friendly way. And it sounds like you guys are very conscious of that. So, what competition could possibly Agreco have? None. That's just Kim Bellotta's opinion. <laughs> so, well, Mike, that is all the time we have for our show. But I do want you to come back when you guys are developing new technologies that really are wonderful technologies to be using to help in the environment. Come back and visit us again. Until then, though, thank you for being a guest on In the Wool Patch Radio Show. Kim, thank you very much. I enjoyed it. Be well. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.